outside the tank is not affiliated with Shark Tank. Welcome to Outside the Tank, the first podcast in the world that interviews the entrepreneurs featured on Shark Tank. We get the inside scoop on how they got there, what lessons they learned, their biggest regrets, what didn't air on TV, what has happened to them since, and so much more. Prepare to be informed, inspired, and entertained. Welcome to an all-new episode of Outside the Tank. Welcome to an all-new episode of Outside the Tank. I'm Tom. That's Joe. We're your co-hosts. Yeah, it's pregame. We're excited to be here. Pre-game. This is this is going to be a fun one. We have yes. Kelly of Bug Bite Thing. Bug Bite Thing, great name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know how they came up with it? Because it's a bug bite thing. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, hey, who needs big marketing agencies <laughs> when you guys are like us, right? Now, have you ever used one of these things before? I have not personally. We got a hold of the product though after uh, shortly after our interview. And my wife used it, and okay. it worked fantastically. Well, here, let me use it on. Ow! Ow! <laughs> Did it work? Why? Well, I, I didn't have a bug bite. It felt good though. <laughs> it only stuck for a second. I got him. I've been working on that for like a half hour. I took it out of the thing. I put it in my pocket. I was have, practicing. Have you used it? Did no, you I just use used it on you. Okay. It leaves a no. It doesn't leave a mark. I should say it doesn't leave a mark. But it did work. Ow! That actually hurt. Yeah, it looked like you got good. Yeah, but you gouged me with it. You're improperly using this tool. <laughs> Works on insect bites. So no, but it's it's super yeah. easy. So you push this thing down. You go <laughs> onto your actual bug bite, and there's no. It's not like there's any pad or lotions or anything there. It's literally just this suction cup. But you hit the bug mark with it. You suction it out. I My wife's it. been using it. She swears by it. She well, said it's great. Beth loves it. I wonder if it works on snake bites. We're at, you know, we're here in Phoenix. Snakes around here. It's a good point. <laughs> Scorpion bites. You're the, you're the one that's in your yard doing yard work all weekend. <laughs> Every time I go over there, it's still a big pile of dirt, though. I don't know what you do out there. Well, I was doing Every Monday morning, I was doing yard work all weekend. Every time I go there... His backyard, there's beautiful. There's a beautiful pool, and then there's a bunch of dirt. I shouldn't say that though. There's in the in the back far corner. There's about a We're four foot tomatoes. by four foot garden. We're growing tomatoes. Okay. We're making red sauce. Give me a break. No, we are growing some nice stuff out there. <laughs> sure. I did. I did plant a tree that almost died, but I saved it. <laughs> I fertilized it. Okay, so hold on. Let me let me yes. finish. So bug bite thing. She goes in hundred and fifty thousand for ten percent. Correct. Okay. There is no patent. It's manufactured in Denmark, but then they had the U.S. distribution they rights. Got, they secured the exclusive rights. At for the it. time of airing, and this would have been October twentieth of twenty nineteen, uh, Kelly was selling this online for nine ninety five. Uh, the product was a dollar fifty three landed, um, about two dollars after packaging. The year prior to going on Shark Tank, she did five hundred thousand. First five months of the year at the time of varying she had done eight hundred thousand so was anticipating two million of sales so growing really fast and then there was a bidding war yeah they had a bunch of offers uh, Lori, mr wonderful i think cuban laid back but barbara and rohan also made offers she had a deal with Lori. Lori uh gave her what she wanted 150 thousand for ten percent 
Okay, there you go. So uh, let's get to the interview. Kelly was awesome. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. And I think everyone's going to enjoy it. Great takeaways, too. So we'll- See you afterwards for the post game. All right, we're here with Kelly Bug Bite Bing. Kelly, welcome to Outside the Tank. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Well, we are excited for you to be here, and uh, there's so much to talk about. But let's uh, let's start at the beginning. Where in the heck does the idea for <laughs> Bug Bite Bing come from? It came out of necessity. You know, it's always one of those ideas that just stares you in the face. Um, So pretty much my journey begins um, back in 2013. Um, I am born and raised in California, and we had the opportunity to relocate to South Florida for some business opportunity. Um, I got the chance to work um, and learn my family-owned distribution company. I was third generation, so I come from a long line of entrepreneur women. Um, My husband had the opportunity to um, you know, make a career change as well. So we were super excited to move out to beautiful South Florida. Um, but very quickly, we realized we weren't prepared for the bugs, um, mosquitoes in particular. I never knew it was going to be such a big problem for me and my family until we moved to Florida. And what was happening was we were reacting so severely. We, we would walk outside and get bit up because it's Florida And we were reacting so severely. Um, I had a six month old daughter at the time. She was six months old. I still have her obviously, but she, she was young at the time. And um, she would, she would get these horrible golf ball, baseball size reactions to one bug bite, like one mosquito bite. And then that would turn into days of just inflammation and pain. Um, most of the times I would end up having to take her to the doctor for steroids or antibiotic, uh, uh, medication because uh, from mosquito bites. So this was like a a day-to-day thing. And so we were finding ourselves avoiding the outdoors at all costs. None of the -the over-the-counter creams were working. I was scared because I was having to apply them so frequently and they're full of chemicals. Um, you know, I was also scared she was going to ingest them because she was only a baby. And I mean, I was lathering them because that was the only way to keep the swelling down to prevent her from itching. I I didn't have a solution. Um, so I started doing some research after everything was failing and I, I felt terrible continuously having to take her to the doctor. Um, and I discovered a suction tool, um, and it was being sold through some industrial first aid kits in another country And the premise behind it was, if you remove the irritant, your body stops producing the reaction. And I said, okay, well, there's no way that's going to (laughs) work because if it worked and it was that simple, it would already be here and be everywhere because so long story, I ordered one in not thinking much of it and, um, got bit myself walking to the mailbox. I'll never forget had a perf, you know, tried it out and I was dumbfounded. Literally within 10 seconds, you could feel the tool working immediately. All the pain, all the itching, all the swelling was just gone. And I'm like, there's no way. (laughs) So still in disbelief, I'm testing the product. I'm trying it over and over on my daughter who again, were in Florida. It's a constant battle here with the mosquitoes. And the product was working. It was just eliminating the reaction altogether for her. And I was like, why is this not here? You know, this could help a lot of other families that are dealing with the same thing I am. So um, I couldn't let it go. (laughs) So um, I, you know, coming from a line of entrepreneur women, I, I, you know, 
grabbed mom and I said, how do we do this? Like, this is a really amazing product. Why is this not here? So we were able to track down the factory that was producing the product. Um, I pitched them my, my mission. Like, I, like, I want to try, I want to I give this a shot. It deserves a place in the world. And we aligned and um, I ended up securing the exclusive distribution rights for the U.S., and I branded it Bug Bite Thing, and I started selling it. Um, I started in bake sales, farmer's markets, my daughter's preschool. Um, I started very slow in my own community because um, I didn't have I didn't have any funding. Um, I, I did everything. We started very, very small. Um, and then um, I remember, and I just remember getting the feedback on that from that one-on-one experience at these bake sales. And just, it, it started to grow just in that. And I was my daughter's preschool. That's what I'm referring to these bake sales. It was on Fridays. And by like the first two to three bake sales, I had parents tracking me down in the parking lot saying, I want one of these, you know, not at the bake sale. We need more. Can I buy one? So I started selling them out of the back of my car at my daughter's preschool. And that's when I really realized there was, there was more to this. So, um, and then that's kind of where my journey begins, where I said, am I going to do this full time? Am I going to quit my job and sell my house and go all in? And um, and that was the decision we came to. And um, that's when we really launched it. I, I launched my dot com. Um, I taught myself social media marketing. I started building um, an awareness in the community in my own backyard Um and then it ended up catching the attention of some Shark Tank producers, and they encouraged me to audition for the show. And we went from there. <laughs> so, when, so when you made that decision to go from part-time, back-of-the-trunk, uh, at preschool uh, parking lots to yeah. this is going to be a real business yep. with a website and a brand and everything yep. else – what thoughts went through your mind and then what was it that put you over the edge to say, I'm, I'm putting all my chips, I'm, I'm all into this? Uh, definitely the initial thoughts was, were, were how am I going to do this financially? That was a big component for it. Um, we ended up, because I knew I needed to invest in a decent batch of inventory to really launch this properly. Um, my first order was 30,000 units. Um, and we ended up selling our house and used that money. We moved into a rental house. Um, and that I, I did, I wasn't, my mom, you know, has taught me from, from the beginning, from growing up, you know, we start slow. And if you can't do something comfortably, don't sacrifice everything you've worked hard for. So we did it smart. And, um, you know, it took, it only took about a month of me making that leap into full-time before I, uh, I ended up selling, it was one media hit that I ended up hitting and I sold out of all my inventory in like a week. So, um, and if I understand correctly, the product in Denmark, they shipped it to you. So that the, a plastic tool essentially, and then you developed a brand, you created packaging, you put them into packaging and you sold them in the United States. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And has that the relationship with them, has that changed over time yes. or? Yes, it's, okay. de- it's definitely. Yeah, I don't want to get too far in the story yet, but yes, it definitely has. Okay. Cur- curious about that. So yeah. Yeah, I'm curious about the name. I think the name is cool <laughs> and, and casual and funny and, and memorable. How much thought Thank or time you. went into the name? Totally came up with it by accident. So it was it was literally one of those like, 
I, I said, Richard, my husband, I said, go grab me that bug bite thing. We really have to think of a name. And I kept saying that bug bite thing, go grab that thing that, that, cause I didn't have a name for it. And I was like that bug bite thing. And then back, you know, back when I started this, my initial thought was I'm going to sell these at bake sales. That was my, that was my high goal because I didn't realize how big this was going to get. And so I was like, if I was a consumer and I was walking at a bake sale in a, you know, a bug related area and somebody said bug bite thing, I would say, what is that? And I would walk over and I thought it was creative and catchy. Um, so we went with it. So the, the other part of this, just an observation, but I'm trying to put myself in your shoes. And I, I was born and raised in California. As you know, we don't have the kind of bugs they have in South Florida. No, but, yes. So this you know, wouldn't have been on my mind. But if I had moved to South Florida and I saw, hey, everyone has a net around their pool for some reason. Uh, for yes, some reason. that's all culture shock for me, too. I had no idea what any of that was for before I moved here. Yeah. As it's just, a, you know, the first time I saw that, I go, why do you have a, my friend Bob on a home? You can't net? even be outside without without one in the summer. Forget it. It's yeah, Mosquito they, Central. They'll eat you alive. And I'm like, oh, my God. So you find this product. You do some research and you find it. And this is my observation. It must have freaked you out that nothing like this was being sold in, in stores, retail stores. So I was shocked. I, I couldn't. Well, that's why I didn't think it worked until I started using it. And then I couldn't understand. And that's what that and I that that's what the drive was like. I, I had the feedback of this works amazing. I was using it. I knew the difference and I couldn't understand why this wasn't the first line of defense versus the chemical version or something that masks it over and over. Did you and Richard just look all over to make sure there wasn't a competitive product? You must've looked at every store and- To be honest with you, it wasn't even a matter of competitive product. We didn't know about it. So the fact that we didn't know about it, there was a bunch of other people that didn't know about it. So I knew that regardless of what route we went, I needed to bring awareness to the subject and to the solution. Um, which happens to be a chemical-free version of, you know, something that's been out on the market for, for 30, 40 years. So tell us, you know, how did you end up on Shark Tank? What was the experience like for you? And then how did life change because of you being on the show? Yeah. So Shark, again, I'm, I'm, I self-taught, I, I, when I launched it to my .com, I had virtually had no experience on social media. So I was literally taking Udemy courses and trying to educate myself. Um, a lot of trial and error. I literally started with $10 and I started just putting it right back into ad spend. Um, and by some, you know, grace of God, it caught the attention of a Shark Tank producer. Um, they reached out and they encouraged me to audition. I, I, it was a crazy, tedious process. Um, I'm sure you guys know from all the other entrepreneurs, it's it's like another full-time job. Um, and everybody's entrepreneur stories lines up differently with different timelines. So for us, it ended up playing out very quickly um, and it happened in my season. So we filmed in June and that's the heart of mosquito season. And if you, if, if you take it back to where I was at back in, you know, 2019, I was running this company. We had already seen some success going on to shark tank. We had, you know, a, a few hundred thousand dollars in sales. I think it was 500,000. Um, or maybe it was eight. I can't recall at the time off the top of my head. Um, but my point was I was doing that as a one man show. I was operating the whole business out of my garage 
Um, we had moved out of that rental very quickly and I was like, oh, okay, I'll purchase a house that has a huge garage, convert that to like a little warehouse packing area. So that's what we did. And then Shark Tank happened <laughs> and um, obviously that changed things drastically. So we had to relocate very quickly after that again. So we ended up moving like three times to keep up with the growth when I went full time. Well, you must have a huge garage now. Or you yeah, we're in a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, a 10,000 square foot warehouse now, but we just outgrew it. We're literally looking for an interim space. And then um, we're trying to get into another facility right now. It's, it's, it's very crazy <laughs> what's happening, but. Uh, well, and, and so walk us through in terms of the relationship with the company in Denmark, how has that changed? What are you doing differently? Yeah. So so the, the funny thing that happened, um, the shark tank effect. So, you know, and I always reiterate this to any entrepreneur I'm talking with or, or, you know, networking with the power of branding is so massive. So what ended up happening after shark tank was we had a lot of interest for through other distributors in other countries to carry the bug bite thing brand. Well, our factory was not the bug bite thing brand there, you know, they were selling the OEM products. So it made more sense for us to um, enter a partnership. So they've converted their entire factory to bug bite thing Europe headquarters. So now we operate, we have a U.S. headquarters and Europe headquarters. We now have global distribution rights and we're tackling um, the entire world <laughs> with the product. Wow. Yeah. So we're going to be launching into 25 countries this year. Um, and then this is the first year we've also gotten um, some, we have a lot, we had a lot of retail interest after Shark Tank aired um, and then COVID hit, which put a, about a, a year hold on everything. So this is the first year that we're going to be launching into retail at a pretty big level. Um, we'll be in over 25,000 retail locations. Um, so Walmart, Home Depot, Lowe's, CVS, Joann's, Ace Hardware, Academy, um, and there's a, there's a lot more. So we're really excited for that this year. <laughs> Don't know what it's going to do to us, but we're hoping it's going to, you know, really bring us to that next level and keep the momentum going. Um, From a marketing standpoint, what are you going to do to support all of those retailers so that people know about you? Yeah, so I created a program, um, and I'll, I'll share this because I think every company should think about this when they're when they're getting or entering in at the retail level. So for us, we created a program called Retail Target Marketing, and it's pretty much just geo-targeted ads around a lot of the retail locations we're going to be at that educate the consumers that shop at those stores that they our product is now available there to help promote them um, for sell-through. So we did that last year with a few um, retail chains and it worked very successfully. And so we're going to continue that for Bug Bite Thing because in my opinion, it, the more education we can spread with our type of product, because it's such a new concept to the market, um, we'll, we're going to support whoever is willing to help us. So so then how do you go into other countries? What, what are you doing? Are you creating facilities there? Are you hiring teams there? Give so us for, an example yeah. of place and what you're doing. Very interesting. So it works a little bit different with every country, um, but pretty much what is kind of happening, think of it like almost like a franchise. Um, we know what's worked here in the U.S., so we're creating all the, the 
you know, baseline assets and materials where, you know, we have backend um, dam site that houses all of our content. So, and then our partners, when, once we, we obviously have a very um, strict screening process. This is where my mother, who's our president comes in involved in this, who was also on the episode. Um, her background is all international distribution. So she's worked with, that's, that's her previous company. So international business has been a part of my life, my entire life. I remember having, you know, customers from Japan, coming and staying with us. We would be at trade shows. So um, it's just kind of, we, we, I, I love working with international clients. Um, we have a way with them after so many years of doing business. Um, and we, we make it really easy for them. We create onboarding. So we have onboarding for almost all of our departments and we do respective training to their teams that are going to be handling those respective areas in their company. So like customer service, we team them up with our customer service teams, marketing, same, um, business development, um, our Amazon business, our, they're all linked together. So our Amazon um, channel is obviously, we're, we're the number one bestseller on Amazon for insect bite relief. Um, we've got over 30,000 positive reviews. So we protect that with our life. <laughs> um, and that is also part of our global program. So um, our global partners, uh, depending on what territory they're in, we're working um, with them and they, those reviews and stuff carry over. So they'll be able to start out launching in their country with our, our ASIN and our reviews. And how many different SKUs or products do you actually have? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's a great question. I don't even know off the top of my head. Um, we have, because what we do, so we have three or we have two colors currently. We're working on a third right now. So we've got a white and a black. Um, the third one will launch this year. Um, and then we've got, we bundle them. So we have multi-packs across the channels. So depending on, um, where you purchase on Amazon or website, um, we also have floor displays that we gone into at the retail level. We have counter displays, we have, uh, clip strip programs, we have peg programs. Um, so, uh, I don't have that number off the top of my head, but we're growing every day. And my goal is to continuously add more products under the bug bite thing brand, I want to take over this, this sector, the in, insect bite relief sector, um, and continue so to grow do, the brand. You do believe there's other oh, yes. Absolutely. Other products that are solving this problem. Say that one more time. Your, your goal is to create other products that are going to solve this problem. Or just have reputable products that are chemical free that are solutions to common problems that people deal with for bug bites. But it's interesting because a lot of times on Shark Tank, the feedback to entrepreneurs will be, you don't have a business, you have a product. But what it feels like you've done is you've taken this product and you're now scaling it all over the world. So what do you say to entrepreneurs that are like, well, I, I can't only have one product. I need 10 products. I need 20 products because it seems like you've done a really good job of being focused. So where do you fall in, you know, in, in that line of thinking? And what would you share with other entrepreneurs as they try to figure out how to grow and scale? I think that's a really good, that's really good perspective to, to, to think of it that way. Um, I think, you know, for us, we needed to focus on our hero product because that was the product that was going to get us into this industry. Um, that honestly wasn't even my thought at the time. That's kind of what happened. Um, you know, my focus was again, at the beginning, I, I just wanted to, to 
I just wanted to get the word out there about this product and I didn't really know where it was going to lead me. Um, and then the second I started seeing, you know, bug bite thing hit chapters or milestones at such a rapid pace, you know, my, my goals and my vision got, you know, has changed and evolved. Um, one of the things I will tell people is listen to your customers. They tell you what they want and they tell you the other products that are in your realm or that makes sense or that complement your product. So for example, bug bite thing, I can't tell you how many times we said, they said, you need to make this have a keychain hole. So this year we modified it and we put a keychain hole. We, they wanted colors. We're giving them colors. There's other products that are involved that we get mentioned by just doing our own market research with our own customers. Those are the ones that we're going to go after first, because we know there's already a demand. We also listen to our retail partners. You know, what are they asking for? Ask them, you know, is there other products on, in our brand that you want to see come out? Um, those are the things that we're forward thinking and trying to do. So you make this all sound so easy, but you know, Joe and I, I have been around the block and we know that it's never easy. So along the way, what's a mistake or a couple errors, mistakes uh, that you've made that, that we could learn from? Um, I think, I think there's a few, don't be afraid to pivot. Um, at the beginning, my, I, you know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs make the, they just make up their mind that it's going to work one way. And unfortunately the market makes up their mind for you. So if it's not working your way, that doesn't mean your idea is invalid, but listen to the feedback. Um, bug bite thing is extremely user focused. It's all about our customers because I didn't have an, I didn't have a bunch of endless funds to invest in marketing. I had to make what I had count. Um, so it's just been it's all, my whole brand is focused on my customers. You know, they're what drives it. And if you can tap into that and get your customers to be your biggest advocates, you become, it grows at a very rapid pace by word of mouth. Yeah, customer input and feedback is so significant. We hear that from so many great entrepreneurs like yourself. I have a question about putting the team together. Obviously, Ellen, your mom, who is yeah. uh, on the um on the show uh and again she was lauded for her dramatic yeah. <laughs> uh she's your president she has some great background in international distribution but tell me about the other pieces of the team uh what struggles and what thought process and what philosophy you've adopted in putting a great team together it's been challenging i won't lie um i mean the biggest part about being on a shark, being a shark tank company is the shark tank effect. It's very difficult to predict inventory, these media hits, these media rushes. Um, when we launched one of the things I, you know, I was doing this from my house. So I was hiring everybody and I was thinking in my head how to hire people to offset what I needed. But you come to a stage where you have to then start running your company like a company and you have to start having meetings and you have to start having infrastructure and programs. And when that part started coming is when I realized I really needed to get an HR manager who's now our HR director. Um, and she, that was one of the critical hires um, that we did at the beginning. Um, and I'm, I'm telling you over the last year, we've really stabilized and have a really solid team going into this season. So I think that was a really imperative hire for us. And what characteristics do you look for in the people on your team? 
They have to be entrepreneur. They have to have an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, and the reason I say that is because I have it. And if I can't work with them and I, and they're not thinking constantly outside of the box or new ideas, I, I don't work well with people that are very narrow-minded. So my team, what works best for me is having people that have an entrepreneurial spirit. Um, some people that have the ability to see my vision and then utilize their experience level to execute it. So that's been one of the biggest things they have to have an understanding that the vision doesn't change because we know what's worked from the beginning. Nothing, we don't change what works. We only add to it and emphasize and utilize their experience to enhance what we're already doing, throw fuel on the fire. So those are some of the key things that we look for because, you know, we, we try to stay lean and, and we're still growing at a very rapid pace. So it's just, it's a lot of orchestrating, like an orchestrator. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you've mentioned family a number of times and, and I'm assuming they've been influential. So, you know, who's shaped you as an entrepreneur and, and what gifts or lessons have they given you that have been beneficial? I mean, my mother, she's my mentor. I talk to her every day. Um, still she, um, she's taught me just endless amounts of information. And, and she always says it's from my grandma. So I know it's getting passed down, you know, from generations, but one of the things we stick with a hundred percent is figure out how to make situations a win, win, win. We live by that with everything. So if you can figure out how to make any obstacle or any scenario a win, 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 you're going to get the best outcome at every time because you're going to have three people trying to fight for you for one solution versus one person's way where two people are maybe half in, half out. So um, we, we, try to, we try to stay true to that. And don't be afraid to Google it because there's always an answer on Google. You know, if you don't know a way, think outside the box and get creative. Um, I encourage all of my managers to bring me a course. You want to take a course that you think will help? Let's do it. Um, we we a hundred percent give that back to our employees. We we want to you know better them in their careers and their jobs. And um, you know, I have big plans for my team too because they're helping me hit my goals. Where's bug bite thing in five years? <laughs> I have no idea. I, I hope we're a household name globally. That's what I hope. Um, I hope that you that everybody just says, where has this been my whole life? And we're that company that pops up out of the middle of nowhere. And we're here to stay. Listen to you. I have, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't want to be a global I, household name in five years. I bet you, <laughs> I bet you there's some numbers. We have a lot of work to do. However, we're making a lot of dents and I have big ambitions. And again, all the people that, you know, use the product, they're, they're our biggest cheerleaders because the product works. And, you know, I, I didn't invent it and it still belongs here. And I will, you know, I was born to just educate people that the suction tool is here because think about all the people that were helping not apply chemicals over and over and over all day long on their bodies. You know, you have to remember this is a solution. It's not masking the problem. You're eliminating, you're getting rid of the problem. Last question, uh, you know, I, you seem, and, and you know, all entrepreneurs do, but especially you, you seem to just really love this and this business and talking about I it. Love. So what, what about the business gives you so much energy and excitement to get up and go every day? 
it's the testimonials, hands down. I, my team sends me testimonials every day and every day they're life-changing. If I can change one person's life a day, and when I say that, I'm not exaggerating. It's like my daughter has gone to the doctor every week in the month of you know June for the last five years on antibiotic creams. You know We've got doctors recommending our product left and right now. We're trying to penetrate that market because they don't even know their, their patients are coming to them saying, hey, have you told your other patients about this? This has completely solved my problem. So right now it's just a matter of education and getting the product out there. I, it's never been about selling the product for me. Um, we have offered a 100% money back guarantee since day one. Um, that's what I did to overcome some of the skepticism. And I still offer that because it, the product works. <laughs> Enough people use it to, um, you know, to for that to not become a non-issue for us. Um, so I just encourage people, if you suffer, try it. You know, if, if, if you're really suffering, um, try it. The other thing I didn't say is it also works amazing on bee stings, wasps, ants, um, certain spiders. We have a lot of customers using them on splinters and thorns because kids are use, afraid of using tweezers. Um, so we're finding new uses for our product as well. And again, that's because our customers are our biggest advocates. They're, you know, they're, they're helping. So it's, it's rewarding. Well, and final question, uh, where can people, where's the best place for them to buy the product? And then how can they follow you on social media? Absolutely. You can buy it at bugbitething.com um, or Amazon. Um, there's also a store locator on the bottom of our website of all the retail locations that you can physically walk in and buy. So if you get stung by a bee or you're at the park and your kid gets stung by a bee and you have no idea what to do, you can now take that out of your purse and suction out the venom and keep going instead of dealing with three days of aftermath. So, um, and you can follow us, uh, our social handles are all at bug bite thing. Um, if you want to follow my personal journey, I have, um, my own social media handles now. Um, it's Kelly Higney CEO. Um, so I'm sharing some behind the scenes and fun stuff that we're doing here at bug bite thing and the growth, um, on a, on a more personal level <laughs> with my crazy life juggling motherhood and business and everything else. So. Well, you are such an awesome entrepreneur and congratulations on everything you've done. And, and I know you're just getting started. So I have a whole page of notes from you, Kelly. All right. That's, is that good? I don't even know yes, if that's, that's good. good. After, okay. the after the interview, we break down everything that we learned and everything that entrepreneurs should take from what you just I love it. and run with. So, I love we, it. so we so appreciate you. Um, Thank you so much for, for making the time. Congratulations on your success. And we look forward to continue watching the journey. It was my pleasure, guys. Thank you for having me. Great interview. Kelly's awesome. I got a whole bunch of notes. Yeah. I know you do too. So before we do our post game, where we break down everything that we yes. learned from this awesome entrepreneur, yes. tell everyone about our book. We have a book, we have a brand new book, it's it's out. I think you could get it now. By the time this airs, it's called Entrepreneurial Landmines. There's a copy of it. Oh, let me get it. Right over there. So hold it up. Vanna White over here. Entrepreneurial Landmines. This, it, you know, this book was actually very easy to write. <laughs> it wasn't, this wasn't a difficult book to write. We have seen so much. We have seen so many things done right. We've seen so many things done wrong. 
But what we did is we journaled uh, 30 of probably the, the greatest areas of error, call them mistakes, call them landmines. Well, we called them landmines in the book. Yeah, we did. Yeah, so let's just keep calling them landmines. <laughs> mistakes, errors, flaws. You got all those words in there, don't worry. <laughs> but we, uh, we had a lot of fun writing the book. Uh, we have been told, uh, the early reviews are, great book, tons of nuggets, have done some of these things, we're getting ready to do some of these things, thanks for the book. We want to give you a free copy. Yeah, yeah, and that's why we're telling you about. It. We're not we're not telling you to go buy it and trying to get your nine ninety five. We're telling you about the book because it's free for all of our listeners. If you go to outsidethetank.com, uh, that's where you can list all our old episodes and all kinds of cool stuff. But if you go there, you can get a free copy of the book, and we'll send it to you electronically so you can read it on your Kindle device or the PDF, or you can download the audio. And we're also going to put the audio in this feed as well, so you can just listen to it like a podcast episode. But again, we didn't write the book because we wanted to sell a bunch of books. We wanted to journal and get all of these big mistakes in one place so that we can hand it to an entrepreneur or an aspiring entrepreneur or a new entrepreneur or even a veteran entrepreneur as a reminder just to say, look, do not make these mistakes. Stay focused, stay disciplined. What we try to help people do, Joe, is we try to help them, what I like to say, not commit unforced errors. Yeah. <laughs> you know, business is tough, entrepreneurship is tough. Don't make it more difficult. You know, don't rack up a ton of overhead. And don't so, make bad marketing blunders. And some of the landmines are pretty obvious, some are not. Yeah. So, so a, lot of, a lot of nuance in the book. Outsidethetank.com. Get the book. It's completely free for our listeners. We just want you to enjoy it. And if for some reason you really need a tangible hard copy, you can buy it on Amazon. But we want to give it to you. Jeff Bezos could use some money. He just had a divorce and he's heading into space and it's expensive to go into space. It is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, post game. Let's get to some teaching. Let's get to some nuggets. Let's get to some takeaways. I have hey, I kind of want to send you to space. <laughs> How much is it? I think it's two point eight million or something like that. Oh, okay, for but eleven be, minutes. But, but it'd be one point four for a one way trip. That's <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah, but I'm overweight, so it'd be back at the two point eight. You'd have to buy two seats for me. So I have three things. Okay. These fine folks went into this venture with no funding. They used all their own money. We love people that bootstrap stuff. But she was all in. They, they sold their house. Yeah. You're all in. Yeah, when you're all in, you're all in. Guess what? You're going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't have a choice. They moved into a rental house. We love this. Uh, and we have lived it. You have lived it. I've heard your stories uh, early in your entrepreneurial journey. You've heard mine. We, we love this because it just, you will not fail. You will not fail when you are all in. So and I, and I, you know, and, and I slept like a baby. Woke up every few hours crying. <laughs> all in. Um, what I also really took away is she was not afraid. You know, a lot of people don't do things or they hire other people at a great expense to do things. Uh, they don't do them because they're afraid to learn. They don't want to learn. They're too lazy. These folks, and uh, God bless. She, she learned social media $10 at a time, I think is the way she placed it. She dove into social media and became a real pro, a real expert. She just figured it out. And I imagine now she, she has tremendous uh, partners or internal staff helping her. But I love when an entrepreneur says, I'm going to figure it out. But 
Okay, she may have other people doing it, but what's something that we were talking about in one of our tribes this week? You can have marketing partners, you can have external people, you can have fractional people, but that's not a permission to, you know, completely be hands off. Right. And, and, you know, people all the time, well, oh, I've got someone that can do my, uh, you know, SEO, or I have right. someone that can, you know, do my digital ad spend. You still have to manage those people. And if you don't know what they're doing and you don't, don't have some basic works. knowledge, yeah. then you can't manage them. So Kelly did the work. She got it. She was able to bring someone on, again, either internally or externally. But the point is, is that you now can manage expectations because you've done the work. You've got your hands there. I can just uh, imagine Kelly uh, spending the $10, running an ad, then analyzing everything, and then going back and tweaking and spending another $10. I just love it. But there's a big difference between delegation and abdication. So we won't, don't want you to abdicate anything in your business. We want you to delegate, oversee, and, and quite frankly, if you don't mind me using this term, uh, it, it's hard to get bullshitted when you understand how something works. So figure out how things work, and then you can delegate instead of advocate. The last thing, you, know, you every time you swear, you do say, "Pardon my French," but <laughs> you know, so it just gives you permission to. Well, when you're my age, you could get away with almost anything. <laughs> uh, she also said something. She said, "You know, things don't always work." one way. In other words, there, there isn't always just one way to do something. There may be a second way. There may be a third way. Uh, Kelly was not afraid to pivot in her business. She was not afraid to try uh, different strategies, different underlying tactics. And we talk about this in entrepreneurial landmines. You must, you must pivot. You must be willing to pivot and get feedback, move fast, be willing to break things. Uh, and she, she lived that, she embodied that. She was willing to pivot. Well, it's always interesting. You and I take some different notes, but some of them are the same. And I'm, I'm glad you said that because I couldn't read my handwriting. <laughs> I but can't now, read, by the way, when you make notes on stuff, audit stuff, and I look at it and I go to my wife, I go, can you read this? She goes, nope. <laughs> so that's why none of my changes get it. <laughs> yeah, whatever, probably a bad idea anyways. Hey, so. Uh, don't be afraid to pivot is what I had. The other thing I couldn't read here, but now I got it, is entrepreneurs too often are focused on one way. One way. This is our product. This is what we do. What percentage of the time are our initial assumptions and guesses uh, as an entrepreneur correct? Uh, it's like very rare. 5%. Right? Yeah. Every once in a while, you hit a home run on the first iteration. But yeah. I mean, gosh, we've, you know, we've now talked to 60 entrepreneurs that were on Shark Tank. We talked to entrepreneurs all day as part of our Growth 10 community. It's always the same story, right? Which is, oh, you should have seen our first iteration of this product. Or, oh, we thought we were serving this market and we're in this market. You know, you know, you know what the common theme is with many of the entrepreneurs that fail and blow their own money or blow other people's money? It's that they stick with their initial assumption and are too stubborn or too naive uh, or have too big of an ego to pivot. Yeah, they go down with the ship. Yeah, and all, all these successful people we talk to, they're like, oh, you should have seen our initial brand. It sucked, right? <laughs> yeah, or you should have, we initially thought we were this for this and we were that for that. So, I don't know how many times we've heard it was the second, third, even fifth iteration of the product that clicked. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, a couple other things here. Um, I, I wrote down her quote of, you know, I, I started slow in our community. You know, sometimes people, I, I think, overthink this. Uh, you know, okay, we've got this idea. 
It may be a great idea, it may suck, I don't know, but hey, I'm gonna go down the street or I'm gonna go to um, you know, the Little League game or wh wherever you spend your time socially at your stage of life, right? I'm gonna go to my Bible study, I'm gonna go to uh, you know, my, my buddies, I, whatever, right? Go to a happy hour, but I'm gonna take this product and I'm gonna just, hey, what do you think? Yeah. You know, hey, I'm you know, thinking about launching a, a cookie company taste it. Yep. Oh, it's really good. Or, oh, it's rock hard. Or, oh, it's, it's okay. You know, or, hey, can you, you know, add more chocolate chips? I mean, get feedback. And so that's what Kelly did was she just got it and her feedback, um, you know, at bake sales, ironically. And uh, I, again, I just, I think getting that feedback is so important. It, it is. And it's, it's, it was Kelly's version of an MVP, a minimum viable product. It was her ability and desire and just uh, instinct to test the product, to get feedback on it. So it was her version of an MVP. So I'm gonna go around the preschool and I'm gonna get feedback. And I, I just, I, it's don't make it more complicated than that. I thought that yeah. was fantastic. Um, you know, just not overthinking the name and the brand. Big bug bite thing. Yeah. Okay, good, makes sense, <laughs> move on, right? I mean, you know, and uh, I, I thought that was really good. Focusing on the hero product, as she said, yeah. um, you know, you don't need to have 50 SKUs, S SKUs right? Yeah. Oh, we've got 50 SKUs, we got 100 SKUs, we got all these, you know, just do something really, really well. And when that blows up and when it gets to the point where you want to dominate at other things, fine. Or just dominate at one thing. You know, you don't have to have 20 different products. You know, you and I talk about that with uh, some other people in our space. Yeah. You know, and they, it was like, hey, they did something really, really well, but now they try to be everything to everyone. What, that doesn't make sense. And it's yeah, really trying to get one product or service over the finish line uh, before you launch another. Last two I got, we hear these all the time. I'm going to repeat them because they're so important and, and it's important for you and I in our business. It's important for the entrepreneurs that we work with inside of Growth 10. Number one, be hyper-focused on your customers. Yeah. Okay. Deliver value, get feedback. I mean, obsess over your customers. Yes. You can't do too much to please them, to gain their feedback, to listen to them, to understand them. Yeah, this attitude, you know, they love me, they've been around, they'll continue to stay around whether I chat with them or not or communicate with them or not. That's, you know, that's a bunch of crap. Um, and there's a lot of competition. There are a lot of options. There's a lot of information out there. So stay very, very much in contact with your customer and look for that feedback from them as well. And then the last thing, and again, we've, we've said this after so many of these interviews, but what did Kelly say? My employees have an entrepreneurial spirit. They understand my vision, yep. they execute my vision, they're part of my vision. It's a running theme and the, the great entrepreneurs that we've interviewed, they're very intentional about seeking out entrepreneurial qualities in those employees. In the first interview, in the final interview, that's what they're looking for. I want you to write that word down, intentional. <laughs> Circle it, underline it. Uh, he's good for he's good for a couple of those during a workshop. I, I want you to write this word down. I'd I'd, uh, I'd like to stay and talk with you longer, Tom, and our our listeners, but I have to go plant more tomatoes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week on an all new episode of Outside the Tank.